You're listening to episode number 18 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Rowan. On today's episode, we are sitting down for a heart-to-heart relationship chat. Guys, we're giving five of our top relationship tools that you can utilize to cultivate healthy, beautiful relationships, whether that's a friendship or a romantic business or even a family relationship. This episode is for anyone who is in any sort of relationship with anyone else. So unless you are a hermit in the Alaskan tundra, you should probably keep listening. (laughs) This is a from the heart chat with loads of personal examples and raw behind the scenes looks at our relationships, both from our love lives and from our business relationship and friendship. So mm, they all are getting the goods today. (laughs) If you are looking for new ways to up-level your relationships in life, keep on listening. But before the show, you guys know what time it is. It is time for the review of the week. (laughs) This one is from Blakely TK, and she said... Evie and Lindsay pour their personal experiences, business knowledge, and hearts into this podcast. I've taken their online course and now listen to their podcast, and I learn something, lots of things, new every time I listen and re-listen to an episode. So incredibly helpful and truly the epitome of community. They're not afraid to share their secrets of success. They were born to share the secrets of their success. So, so grateful to have found these kind-hearted, Christ-centered businesswomen to be virtual leaders in my career. Listen and put their advice into action, and you will see big change in your business, and it's beautiful. Blakely, thank you so much. I actually just read that for the first time on air. I read the first few sentences, but wow, I am fighting back tears right now. That is so incredibly kind. You guys have no idea how helpful, not to mention touching, your reviews are. It's so helpful for us to be able to continue to create free content and provide this podcast to you and show up every single week for you guys on this podcast. Reviews seriously are such a game changer for us. They mean so much. If you are a creative business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, you know how much written reviews actually impact your business. And that's the exact same for this podcast. So if you haven't written a review yet, it takes about two minutes, but it can completely change the game for us and getting the word out there and getting other people to listen to this podcast. So if you love it, if you are getting something from this show, please even pause this episode right now or at the very end, just take two minutes and write a review. One minute, whatever you need. Depends on how fast you type. Just give us some kind words that would really, really help us out. We love you guys so much and we read those reviews. They mean the world to us. Now, before I keep going on and on, let's dive on in to today's show, five ways to cultivate healthy relationships. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hey guys, Lindsay and Evie here. We're coming at you on this Tuesday morning, or well, whenever you're not, maybe not listening to this on a Tuesday morning, but if you're listening to this live, (laughs) the day it comes out, we have just experienced this last weekend, Singles Awareness Day. 
aka <laughs> Valentine's Day. So we thought it was appropriate to come at you with an episode on how to cultivate healthy relationships since we've all been either feeling the single woes or being in a lovey-dovey or just gagging, however you feel particularly about <laughs> Valentine's Day. We're here to talk about healthy relationships. Yeah. So we have five strategies, tips, tools, thoughts that we wanted to share with you guys today. And number one, diving right on in, we wanted to just share the biggest thing that we feel has really helped us in our relationships has been get over being right. Um, And honestly, before I even dump into all of this, this whole episode is applicable whether you are in a relationship or you are single as a Pringle and have no plans to date anyone or marry anyone anytime soon. This is applicable to anyone in any sort of business relationship, vendor relationship, uh, friendship, any relationship of any shape, size, form, whatever. (laughs) It is applicable to just about everything that we're talking about here. So don't just tune this out or shut off this episode because you aren't dating anyone, aren't married, whatever. This applies to friendships, to business relationships as well, which is part of why we really think this is applicable to just about everyone who's listening to it today. So back to my point. (laughs) Number one, (laughs) get over being right. This is such a game changer. I am sure you've heard the quote uh, that says, you know, relationships are supposed to be 50-50. I personally hate that quote. Um, I do not agree with that quote. I live my relationships, whether that's friendships or family relationships or romantic relationships. I try to approach every single relationship with the mindset of 100-100. So giving 100% of yourself to the other person and almost making it a game. This especially applies to like romantic relationships, almost making it a game of trying to out love the other person and out serve the other person. Like how much can you sacrifice yourself and die to yourself to love that other person? And there is something so beautiful that comes when you know I am able to give 100% of me with absolutely nothing held back. No, okay, I gave you 50% here. And so then you have to give me 50% here. There's none of that. When you are like, I am living to serve you and to love you and to lay down myself for you. And you also know that the other person is approaching the relationship from the same viewpoint and perspective. There is something that absolutely changes in that that is so, so huge in relationships. Yeah. Well, and that goes to your point, get over being quote unquote right. When you're giving that 100%, you're not thinking from a selfish mindset of like, oh no, but I have to be right because I know I'm right. Whether or not you are right, that's irrelevant. If you're coming from the mindset of giving that 100% and really treating this relationship, whether it's a partnership, love-ish, the lovey-dovey situation (laughs) or a friendship, um, you're giving 100% and you're thinking about serving them and honoring them and loving them first before you consider yourself as right. And when you switch your mindset from from a selfish mindset to a servant mindset, your relationships will flourish literally flourish yeah um so just get over yourself i know that's hard to say we ha- i have to do it i have to get over myself in my marriage really um and have <laughs> um i think that's that's a huge tip that i'm learning just alongside you guys um but we just wanted to share that one that was that's a really good one yeah yeah don't worry about winning the arguments 
focus on serving and loving the other person as much as you can. Mm. All right. Number two, use I feel statements. So me and Andrew first learned about I feel statements right after we started dating. Our church was hosting a defining the relationship class. Um, And so everybody in our church that had just coupled off and was starting to date, we all uh, took this class and it came around, it came around, I think, every season or every year. But in it, they talked about using I feel statements. And so what that means is if you're in an argument or you're disagreeing about something and you're feeling hurt or you're feeling some sort of way that's not pleasant, instead of saying, <laughs> if you're in an argument and, and you're upset with that person, instead of saying, you never listen or you never do the dishes or you never like, or you always complain, like instead of using an attacking language, turn it back on you, no matter what they did, turn it back and say how you feel because they can't negate that. That's you're expressing. You're not saying, oh, you did this in an attacking way. You're saying, hey, I feel hurt. Maybe it's because they're not listening, but that's irrelevant when you're saying, I feel hurt. The other person is Mm -hmm. so much more likely to actually listen to what you have to say if you use an I feel statement versus an attacking statement. Yeah, for sure. And I think their guards don't go up. That's the other thing to recognize is the minute somebody walks up to you and says, you did this, your your defenses go up, your walls go up, your armor's on, your sword's out, like whatever you want to say, like you're ready to fight yeah. and you're ready to fight like them. The minute somebody comes up and says, hey, I actually felt really misunderstood or, or undervalued or uh, taken advantage of. I just, I felt really hurt in that moment because I wasn't sure that you actually had thought about my feelings or something just way more gentle and approachable. The other person is likely to feel way more willing to engage in a like civil conversation in a, a kind discussion of the situation rather than a fight where defenses are all up armor's on and weapons are out. Mm. (laughs) Um, and with that, along with, I feel statements, recognizing the more you can avoid terms such as always and never (laughs) avoiding those blanket statements will also really impact those conversations. You never listen is probably not going to go over well with the person you're trying to talk to. Whereas I feel really undervalued when I say something and you don't remember it a few minutes later, or I feel just really misunderstood right now. I thought I'd shared that with you, but I, I don't feel like you heard what I was saying. Something like that is going to be way more well-received. So keeping that in mind whenever you do come across those uh, fun discussions that every relationship has. Mm, So good. All right. And then number three, being intentional with your time. Here's something Lindsay and I have both really talked about and worked through a lot in our relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, family relationships, all of them. When you are there, when you are with that person, friend, lover, whatever, (laughs) when you're there, be fully there. And when you're not, you're not. When you are with them, shut off work. Be present with them. If you're trying to spend time with them, if you're on a date night, whatever that looks like. If you're working, work. Uh, Recognize that giving them 100% of your attention is going to completely transform that relationship with that person instead of being half somewhere else or disengaged. They'll feel it. I'm yeah. sure if you're listening to this episode, you will also be able to pinpoint a time or a person where you always felt like they weren't fully present. They weren't fully engaged. They weren't fully there. They weren't giving you all of them. And it hurts. It sucks. It doesn't feel very good. You kind of want to just walk away because you're giving them your time. Why aren't they giving you yours? So Andrew, being intentional. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew really keeps me accountable on this. I am notorious. So I, I'm not claiming to be perfect. And throughout this whole episode, I, I hope you guys know that we're not coming at you from this high and mighty perspective of we are doing everything right. We're just sharing what we're learning. <laughs> we're, we're, lost, though. <laughs> yeah, we're sharing what we're learning as we, as we go on this journey of life. And I, I am honestly will admit notorious especially with Andrew. I think it's just because we're, we're married. We're so comfortable with each other. And again, I love my job. And so it's so easy for me to be on my phone. Um, and he keeps me so accountable. It's one of the things I love so much about him. He, if I'm like in a conversation with him and I'm on my phone, he'll stop talking and he'll, he'll say something like, are you done? Are you going to put your phone? Like, oh, do you want me to wait until you're done texting or you're done like writing a comment? I'm like, oh, Yeah. Yeah, I will. Um, so it just, it helps me keep accountable to really be intentional with our time and really put the phone Mm -hmm. down, put the computer down. That also kind of goes along with like shutting work off and shutting your phone off and really being there. And I think it's a great idea to have phone-free date nights or go out to eat and leave your phones at home or something like that. I think that's a really, really awesome tool. And my, my husband actually goes so far to this, um, extent and he has a, (laughs) has a brick, like flip phone, like, there's not even the snake. There's not even those little games on there where you can, where you can like use. He has to text with T nine, and there's not even the snake little game. It's a brick. Fo- he has no social. I can't even text him emojis. It's the worst. But that's. It's also good because he understands the intentionality. That's the point I was trying to make. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I love it. I think that just that goes into one of our next tips with this this point is just set boundaries. Um, for a lot of couples this, you know, for a lot of people, that means no phones in bed or in the bedroom, um, no TV in the bedroom, uh, no phones in the car when you're driving with the other person on date nights, et cetera, you know, whatever that looks like, just creating that list of boundaries of being fully present and fully engaged with your person. I know, um, Landon and I have boundaries. This, this is more me creating them. I don't think he struggles with it as much, but I have boundaries of, no phones uh, on our date nights whatsoever. If we're spending time together, unless it's super rare, you know, we're on the beach or something and I just pull out my phone to take a quick video and then I put it immediately back in my pocket. I don't post it. I don't open anything else, just documenting the moment and I put it away. Um, even then I still have boundaries on when I'm allowed to do that. I have boundaries on, I'm really starting to implement this one. No phones in the car when I'm with Landon, when he's driving and I'm in the passenger seat, it's so easy. It's such a great time for me to answer some DMS and put up my Insta post of the day and, Mm. you know, respond to that work email from my phone. Like, no, that's a time I'm in the car with Landon. We get to talk. Um, and then a personal boundary. This is not even really relationships, but it really does help me in the mornings. I do do a no phone in bed policy and, I, it's obviously just me, but I put the phone away and out of my bedroom. I don't get on phones right before bed and I don't get on the phone right when I wake up in the morning. And that's just keeps me fully present and engaged with myself and the Lord and my day and processing the end of my day. And if you have somebody that you are married to or sleeping with, whatever, you know, somebody in that room with you, you can process the day with them and then wake up and start your day with that person instead of with your phone. That's something that Andrew and I do. What you said a little bit back, Evie, is being intentional. If if you are out on a date or or anything, if I ever want to story something or video something for social media in any aspect while we're out on a date or we're even not even a date, just if we're going to the beach for a sunset um, with L, like things like that, I will ask him. I'll say, hey, do you mind if I 
do a story right now. He respects that so much. Um, that just works really well for his personality to let him know that, hey, I, I would like to do a story or I would like to do a quick video. Are you okay with it? And if he says, no, I don't do it. Um, so that's really helpful. Just a small tip um, that we personally do. It helps him feel valued and it's not, it doesn't make him feel like I'm ignoring him, especially if we're just out doing a family thing. And I want to like, if I just flip out my video real fast to go story something, he's like, okay, well, great. She's working. Because anytime I'm on my phone, he views that as work. Because I mean, that's pretty much 90% of what I do on my phone is work. <laughs> um, and so that's a really good tip that we've implemented. That's It keeps me in line and it keeps me in check. And then I love what you said about being on your phone in the car or not being on your phone in the car. That's genius. Mm -hmm. That's it's so cool. hard. I think uh, that's a really hard one for me. But yeah, I think just being intentional with your time, setting date nights, even if you're married, keep oh, dating I'm your person. So <laughs> Literally, don't stop dating when you're married, guys. Do not stop dating. Yeah. Create a weekly date night. Um, if you have kids, get a babysitter if you can. But create and cultivate that relationship, even when you're married. Just don't stop dating your spouse. Mm. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. And if, and if you are, you know, a dating couple still set intentional date times, you know, whether that's Bible studies together or, you know, a date night where you dress up and go do something or, you know, a fun adventure where you go out and, you know, I don't know, go jet skiing, like whatever that looks like, just be intentional to set stuff in your calendar where you are like, this is shut off time. This is relationship time. This is, you know, even Honestly, this applies to friendships too. This is something I'm really working on is being very intentional to schedule times with my friends. Mm -hmm. um, especially I'm just a very work loving person <laughs> and it's hard for me to have a friend text me and be like, Hey, you want to hang out tonight? And I'm busy. I'm sorry. But being intentional with that time and cultivating those friendships as well is so, so important. So I think it's really important <laughs> to do it in advance like think about the friends that you would want to hang out with and schedule that into your calendar. I think adult mm -hmm. friendships, especially when you're out of college as an adult with, we all have jobs. Most like a lot of us have kids. We're busy. We're busy freaking people. And it's so, it can be so hard to keep up those relationships. Like you said, especially the friendships and mm -hmm. intentional to hang out with your adult friends and, and create that time. Like don't be upset or don't be afraid to schedule that into your calendar. I think that's a great idea. Or reach it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number four, understand your person. So what we mean by this is understand their personality, understand, understand what type of person they are. We're think we're talking about things like the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, um, love languages, things like that. Understand who they are as a person, what their personality is. Um, if they're an introvert or an extrovert, I have a really good example of this. I am a classic extrovert. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, <laughs> no shocker um and my husband Andrew is a classic introvert and so he internally processes things so what I mean by that is <clears throat> excuse me if he's thinking about something he will think about it in his head and kind of weigh out the possibilities and kind of research in his head or like just talk about it and mull it through in his head before he ever says it out loud so when he says something to me for the first time like an idea He's thought about it so much in his head because he's an internal processor and I'm an external processor. So I think about nothing before it comes out of my mouth. That's typically, <laughs> that's typically how I roll. So I often forget not everyone is like that. And so when he says something, he's intentionally thought about it. So he's very intentional with what he says to me. 
um, especially if it's a new idea. And if I just flippantly, like, I don't, uh, what am I trying to say? If I flippantly just like, oh no, that's not a good idea. Let's move on. Like, cause to me, when I'm externally processing, I'm the type of person that's just batting things out and for like out into the world, like almost as that's my, I, that's my process of researching and, and brainstorming something is saying it out loud and kind of batting back and forth with somebody. Whereas he is very intentional too say something very specific after he's molded over in his head. So when I just immediately am like, nope, that's not going to work. Shut down. That hurts him deeply. So understand like the fact that I can now understand, okay, he's an internal processor. I need to check myself when he says something or presents an idea or a thought or a dream to not just immediately shut it down um, immediately. So that's, that's a really good example. I think about like introvert, extrovert, internal processor, external processor, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, you know, recognizing how your person feels loved the most, um, that comes down to the love languages. If you haven't heard of the five love languages by Gary Chapman, please go look into that, read the book, take the test online. It's so helpful in romantic relationships, especially in engaging with somebody else, recognizing how they they give and receive love is such a huge thing in relationships. And, um, there are basically five different, I believe it's words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, quality time, acts of service and gifts. Those are the five different love languages and the ways, you know, if somebody gets a gift, they might feel super, super loved. <clears throat> Lindsay loves gifts. I could not care less about gifts. Obviously any, somebody gives me a gift and is like, I thought of you, I'm going to feel loved. But if somebody writes me a note out of the blue or comes up to me and says, I'm so proud of you. You just blew me away the way you did this. I, you know, just respect you so much. That's going to stick with me way, 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 way more than a gift would. But for Lindsay, she feels deep love when she's given gifts. Yeah. Um, I just so recognizing. I have to preface just for all the gift lovers out there, or if you are a gift, that's your love language. I just want to tell everyone else, we are not narcissistic. We're not materialistic. We do not want products. What I, what I think of <laughs> when I think of a gift, all that is to me is somebody thought of me enough to, to like think of me while they were out and about to get me something. So even if it's just like, yeah. oh, I picked a flower for you, it's free. Like, <laughs> even if like, I, I, that's how I look at gifts as a, because yeah. I know that one can typically be like, oh, that's so materialistic. Oh, that's expensive. No, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. So that's just, I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah. I think just recognizing how to communicate that's even, this isn't just romantic relationships. This is something I have to keep in mind, you know, in my relationship with Lindsay and our business partnership and our friendship, uh, we both give and receive love in different ways and recognizing that and, and working with the other person to make sure they're feeling love the way they feel it most yeah. is super, super important in relationships. And also recognizing this is another point in this recognizing what their trigger points might be, you know, how they feel most unloved. Um, for example, if there are any sort of past hurts or histories in past relationships or family issues or dynamics or any sensitive sore spot or trigger points that could really make them feel most hurt. That's something to keep in mind when you're in relationship and engaging with somebody else and just be smart with avoiding those and catering your love around 
what might make somebody feel most exposed and vulnerable and just waylaid. So don't go for trigger points. That's a whole nother conversation, but just be aware of what their trigger points might be and how to avoid them, how they feel most love and how to give that. And just seek every single day. This goes back to the hundred hundred seek every day to try to know your person more and deeper, whether that's a friendship or a relationship Seek to figure out more about them and how you can use that information. Again, circling back to making it a game, take it as like a spy mission. How can you find out more about this person and then utilize that to love the heck out of them? That's the way I personally approach this topic. Mm, That's so good. Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline and excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right, next up, number five, over-communicate. I cannot reiterate this enough. If there's like one tip you get out of today, it's to communicate, communicate, and then communicate again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) With your person, with any relationship that you're trying to cultivate, share your disappointments. Tell them when you're upset. Boys cannot read your mind ladies out there, they cannot, they just simply cannot as much as we want them to, as much as we want to like wish that they would think of this beautiful date idea and romantically (laughs) sweep us off our feet. If we don't point it out to them very blatantly, they usually don't do it. So (laughs) share your disappointments, share your expectations. Like I cannot say that enough. Share, 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 overshare, share exactly what you're feeling, share all of that. Mm. Um, The more communication that you can cultivate in a relationship, the better. I think with that, just recognizing the more you're able to approach your relationship with honesty, with humility, with the perspective of, I want to work through this and express this expectation or disappointment or excitement, make sure you're also expressing gratitude and appreciation for the other person and who they are and what they're doing for you and how they're loving you and the ways that they succeed. Make sure praise and love and appreciation is expressed 
1000% more than anything else is expressed in your relationship. Don't Mm. just bring up, oh, I don't feel like my need was met here. Or, oh, I feel a little bit disappointed here. Make sure that you are praising the heck and loving the heck out of the other person and the ways that they are succeeding and the ways that they are loving you and the ways that they are thriving in that relationship that you're in. And don't be afraid with that of approaching conflict. Don't be afraid of dealing with something hard. Don't just shove it down and shove it under the rug because that'll create one heck of a mess. Talk through things. Um, don't be passive in your relationship and in communication. Make sure you are expressing stuff. And it can come from such a humble uh, unconfrontational place. This is something that, that Landon and I have started implementing in our relationship. We use the term, it's usually me (laughs) who uses this. Uh, we started using the term flag on the play. Um, and essentially what that means is Landon might say something that obviously he has no idea is the least bit hurtful to me. For example, uh, we were driving in the car once and I said something about later that day, did he want to hang out or do something? And in my head, I had carved out the entire day off. I had shut off work. I was in relax mode. And you know, that's hard for me to get into that relax mode, but I'd shut off work and I was in play mode, hang out. It's landing time. And he didn't think anything of it. And he said, uh, you know, oh, I'm I'm pretty busy right now, or I'm really tired today. I think I might just want an alone day or something. And I instantly felt super hurt uh, because he hadn't valued the fact that I'd given him time and had really cut out some time of my work day. And it was a work day week. It was like a Tuesday. And I was like, I, I paused work today. I had this plan for like the last two weeks because you said you wanted to hang out today. And I was like feeling super hurt. And so in that situation, instead of getting all grumpy and refusing to talk about it or, you know, feeling like I was the person who was at fault for feeling a little undervalued. We pull out the flag on the play and it's just a situation of, Hey, you didn't do anything wrong. Landon did absolutely nothing wrong in that situation. He needed an alone day. He was exhausted. And I understood that, but I also did nothing wrong by having an expectation, which I thought had been communicated. And so I pulled out the flag on the play and it's basically a neutral flag that says you did nothing wrong and I did nothing wrong, but I am going to express that. I think we had a miscommunication here and it's just such a kind, gentle way to let the other person know that you had an unexpressed expectation that you didn't realize you were holding or you didn't realize that you hadn't expressed to the other person and they didn't meet that expectation. And that's not their fault, but that's also not your fault because you didn't even realize that you were holding that expectation. So it's just a simple way of being like, Hey, when you pull out that card, it can be whatever keyword you want. Um, when you pull out that keyword, it's a gentle way of saying, I'm not blaming you. You're not at fault. I'm also not at fault. Neither one of us is wrong, but I did just want to mention that I felt this way in this situation and just make sure you're aware of it. It's a super great opportunity to communicate through something without shifting blame or, or casting accusations at anyone in the situation. Okay. I'm also not football savvy. So can you explain why you call it flag on the play? Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that you know it's football is great. Um, I, I only know that because when we were writing the notes for this episode, you said it was a football thing. That's the only reason oh, I know. Okay. Well, for anyone who doesn't know anything about football, when there is a foul, when when there's any sort of uh, 
rule-breaking situation on the field. Uh, the referees pull out a flag out of their pocket and throw it onto the field. And then they go out and they deal with whatever the situation was. So it's just a, it's a sports analogy. We use it in our relationship because usually men respond pretty well to sports analogies. (laughs) So we say flag on the play to be like, Hey, Hey, something happened. That wasn't totally clean play. That wasn't rule book, uh, official. So let's, let's discuss this one. Got you. Okay. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. I just wanted to clarify that for anyone else (laughs) out there like me that gives zero cares about sports. Uh, Oh my gosh. No, but I think the, the, the principle of what you're talking about is so good. It's, it's expressing and it's communicating even when, um, expectations aren't met. It's, it's speaking that instead of Mm -hmm. harboring that down in your heart and just pacifying it and, and keeping it under the rug or shoving it under the rug and saying, Oh no, it's fine. It's Mm -hmm. fine. It's fine. When you do that enough times, you're going to harbor resentment and, yeah. eventually hatred against that person and they would have done nothing wrong or thought they did nothing did nothing wrong because you didn't say anything. And I think this can even yeah. go with with friendships or any conflict, especially I feel like in friendship conflicts it can be super hard to express oh hey, you hurt me when you said that or oh, you maybe didn't mean to do this, but this is how I felt in this situation. If you just shove all those feelings under the rug, you're going to eventually end up resenting somebody when they have no idea, like absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. So the more that you can communicate and over-communicate and set those expectations and talk about those expectations and talk about disappointments, that's really when mm-hmm. you're going to you're gonna be on the right side of the the relationship. Uh, <laughs> seesawder. Seesawder? What am I saying? What am I trying to say? I said, daughter? That's the word I was trying to say. The seesawder. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. It's, well, you can tell I... that it's been a long day of batch recording. I do just want to add into this though. I just thought of this. I think a lot of people ask Lindsay and I the question of how do we cultivate such a great, healthy friendship and business relationship partnership when we're also very similar brands and also competitors. And we're going to do an entire show on that, an entire episode, just talking about our relationship and cultivating a business relationship. But I would say every single one of these tools and strategies all the way from getting over being right a hundred, a hundred in this relationship, using, I feel statements, being very intentional with our time with each other, understanding the other person and over communicating. Lindsay and I use every single one of these over and over and over and over in our friendship. We communicate through everything. We have sat down, especially after big launches and huge projects and things where it's just been talking to each other hours every day on very stressful, very intense time-consuming projects. And we sat down afterwards, carved out very intentional time with each other to sit down and communicate. How do you think that went? Did I do anything that frustrated you or irritated you in that launch, in that situation? How can I be better in this situation? Is there anything I can do to serve you more and take more responsibility off of you to help our relationship work better? We've done that. And I can't even begin to express how much that has affected our relationship when we work so closely together and we're also competitors. I just think every single one of these tools and tips is not just for your boy toy or your hubby. This is for any single person that you are ever in relationship with, whether that's business partner, another uh, industry relationship, or a friendship, whatever, family, mom. I use every single one of these with my family, my mom, my dad, my siblings. Be intentional with serving 
that relationship with as much intentionality as you can. Mm, Preach, girl, that is so good. And I just want to share a personal example um, from me and Evie's behind the scenes that y'all don't know, but you're about to. Um, (laughs) We have also, with everything that Evie just said, we do these, but we are not perfect, like at all. So I don't want you to mm-hmm. listen to what she said and think, oh, they're like perfect at all of these. No, not at all. Um, we've gone through tips. Heads. Gone, yeah, all, all the time. Um, but one really good example, I think, of us talking and it, particularly you being upfront about your feelings and your hurt. Um, a couple of years ago, we hosted a workshop, well, two back-to-back workshops on Hawaii, on Hawaii, on Oahu, Hawaii. And um, the second week was so close to Christmas that my husband had the week off. And since it, since the workshop was on Oahu, um, he was there. It wasn't like it was somewhere far away that I was on like a business trip. He was there. And so I invited him into not to stay in the house. Oh, wait, no, I did. I did that. Oh, well, yeah. I I was going to (laughs) say, um, I I was like, no, that was part of the issue. (laughs) I invited him to stay in the house. And this was before we had Eloise. So it was just us two. And I invited him to stay in the house, um, not be there the whole time, but just kind of come in. Um, that way we could be together and I wouldn't have to be like away the whole week. And at the time I thought nothing of it. Um, cause I, I wish I wanted to be around my husband and I, he was on the same Island. So it didn't even think like, I didn't think twice about it. And Evie was pretty cool in the moment, but then after those workshops were over, when we were sitting down doing those conversations, she, she said, Hey, it really hurt me that you brought him in without contacting me or without asking me first and just assuming that, that it was, that was okay. And so even in that moment, like we had a, we had a discussion and it was like, oh, I had, I didn't even think about that. And I'm so glad you brought that to my attention. Cause had you not told me that you were upset by that, I would still to this day have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was a, that was a hard conversation for me to have because I understood, you know, the, the marriage part and, and wanting to be with your husband, especially since it was two back-to-back weeks, which meant basically like, you know, 14, 15, 16 days, hardly seeing your husband and you're on the same Island. I, I got it. Um, but I think in the moment, you know, from, from my perspective, uh, having Andrew coming without asking my permission. And we always share the same room and the shit same bed so we can debrief every night. And when he came, I'm switched rooms. So we weren't together and I was fine with it. Absolutely. But I wanted to express it so that we could discuss through those expectations in the future and how that might work, you know, in future workshops as this continues to grow. And and I add a husband to the mix someday. And what's that going to look like? And communicating, you know, our partnership is also a relationship as well as, as any relationships or marriages we have outside of that. And, you know, setting that expectation rather than just sitting on that and, and almost tucking it away on a shelf of something like, oh, I felt really unvalued and kicked out of my room. And, you know, instead of harboring resentment, bringing it to Lindsay's attention and and talking with you through that and being like, Hey, maybe in the future, let's, let's discuss, you know, how we're going to work through things like this when they come up, because they're going to come up again. And so instead of putting it on the shelf for, you know, future ammo that you can pull off and, and use against the other person, don't ever create a list of resentments or wrongdoings that the other person has put against you. If you find yourself beginning to create a list against someone that is a major red flag, immediately go try to talk to that person and just express whatever it is on your mind, but don't stack a list against people without them having an awareness of it. Mm. 
And with that, I feel like we're done. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was so good. That was that was really good. And I I hope these tips hit your heart today, guys. If you're listening to this, I hope that they gave you even an ounce of something that you maybe haven't heard before. Um, we just we love talking about this type of thing, healthy relationships. It is vital for your life, for your business, for your just health. Um, and I think it's really important to talk about, especially right after Valentine's Day when we're all either super in love or hating each other from things. <laughs> so. Well, we hope you got some tangible takeaways from this episode. If this shook you or resonated with you, feel free to screenshot this episode as you're listening. Share it on your socials. We want to see this. So tag us. We love engaging a conversation with you guys on social media and make sure you are a part of the Heart and Hustle podcast Facebook group because that community is bomb. So if you haven't already gone over and joined, click the link in the show notes and we will see you there. Go kick some butt this week.